0: On this month's show, we're talking about the border to Canada is fully open again, or is it? We check in with the northernmost BMW dealer in Washington, and is it time for you to wig out? It's all coming up on this month's episode of the Sound Rider Show.
1: Support for The Sound Show is provided in part by...
2: Clems Klop Power Sports, your South Sound destination for your favorite brands like Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Can-Am, and Kimco. And Clems goes beyond motorcycles to satisfy all your outdoor passions with a full line of UTVs, ATVs, snowmobiles, personal watercraft, and cargo trailers. Have you got a dirt bike you want to convert to a snow bike? Visit Clems today and discover all the possibilities.
3: This is Scott McMillan from Adventure Motorsports in Monroe. Welcome to The Sound Writer Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of The Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Merritt, and whoever else happens to drop by today.
4: Welcome, writers from all over the Pacific Northwest, from all over the Americas, from all over the world. It's the October 2022 edition of the Soundwriter Show. I'm here, the, the uh, editor and a senior publisher, or founder, or I don't know what, Tom Marin, and I got Jennifer Pohl here with me. Hey, everybody. And uh, it's October. We had a lot of. Uh, well, we, we had some nice days in September. We had some smoky days. Still have. A little bit of rain at the end of the month. But uh, October, the first couple of weeks of October is typically a pretty nice time to ride in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Yeah, I love October. It's such a nice, uh, it's cooler, and then the leaves start changing, and there's less traffic. You do have to have your rain gear ready. True. Have, and your heated uh, vest. For me, I bust out the heated vest already. <laughs>
4: yeah. Um, what was I going to say before the Windows message messed me up? A <clears throat> um, couple of favorite rides for you in October?
0: You know, one of the I, – I love the Hood Canal Loop and – um one thing that happens in the the off season is that the speed limits increase and and you know not a ton but they you know for part of the summer they drop down to i don't know 20 or 25 uh, miles an hour and they jump back up to 40 um, so you don't get slowed down so much going past some of the parks and things um Anyway, that's one of my favorite rides always, but it but for folks that only come out in the summer, um you, you know, you have less traffic and and uh and the speed picks up a little bit in the in the off season. So that's a favorite one. Um and then you know, Chinook Pass before it closes, that's another nice one I think for the fall. Which pass? Um, uh, Chinook Pass, Highway 410. For Chinook Pass, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. and I was going to ask you about. Uh, have you done the Palouse Highway? Um, is that a good fall ride? It seems like that might be a nice one to hit when it. Uh, it pulls is. Off a bit. That was
4: one of the places I was going to suggest is out in the Palouse, out there uh, Pullman area, mm-hmm. Moscow. Uh, it's really nice, and uh, it can get a little windy, and it can get a little rainy, depending on what's going on with the weather. But, you know, that that is a really hot area in the, in right. the middle of summer, so it's a lot nicer. The Starbuck Highway, uh, riding around down there by Walla Walla is always fun. Oh,
0: yeah, Walla Walla would be fun to visit.
4: Yeah. And then another one of my favorites is uh, out in western Oregon, like Forest Grove area, Tillamook. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. Those places. Uh, In fact, what I really have to do if I can get the time is take a week and go and and do a little hot tub tour.
0: That's a good idea. Go
4: to the McMenimums in Forest Grove and the one over at the Edgefield and then uh, pop on down to the Belknap Hot Springs over by uh, the Sisters. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. And uh, and it it can get a little frosty in the morning out there, so that's something you got to watch out for too. Right. Obviously, you got a lot of leaves down by then, so your roads can be a little bit covered in leaf. But uh, nice time of year to ride.
0: Yep, for sure. You know, the other thing for folks that, uh, you know, want to explore some of the islands, the uh, the ferries should be easier to deal with now that they don't have the summer or the peak demand. So that might be something to check out, too. And the prices
4: should be down.
0: Uh, I think October, yeah. I think by October yep. they go down, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. So,
4: yeah, that's true. You could you could spend five days. You could hit a different island every day. <laughs> sure, <laughs> and and you know, considering you're going to be traveling a bit just to get there each day, uh, you'll you'll be able to ride every one of the islands, right? And explore it, and take your time because they're not that big. But that's true. That's true. But yeah, that's that's always nice. Um. Lately, I, I keep reading about people crashing and riding too fast. And uh, I got, it got me thinking, and I'm going to write an article about this. Um, you know, a lot of people buy a motorcycle because they just have this need for speed. But what they don't seem to realize is that before you can get to the speed safely, you need to master some of the techniques. Like throttle control and where to put your eyes, smooth braking. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of a public service announcement. Sure.
0: <laughs> well, you know, and and with the the days getting shorter and the you know the potential for rain coming soon, that's all the more reason to make sure you're you you've got good technique and you're smooth on the controls and and uh, you're kind of dialed in on your riding skills. And if you take the time to focus on all these different techniques, and
4: rain is certainly one of them, um, all of a sudden you'll find out that you're riding faster because your confidence level is going up. But if you just get a bike and you start riding it faster, you're going to have no confidence, and you're going to be a, a a terrible statistic, unfortunately. Yeah, a lot more, a lot more pucker moments. Yeah. So. That's my thoughts on the on, – that's my short version of the satiating <laughs> your need for speed. Right.
0: <laughs> you know, I will tell you one one way, um, you know, we obviously um, – well, you know, motorcycles have great speed capability with them. But one of the things I like to do is um, rather than focus on how fast I can go – and again, this this boils down to the smooth and you know slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Is is the you know if you get a nice clean clear on ramp to the freeway is is just focusing on getting from zero to sixty quickly. <laughs> and so you get a little you know you have a little moment where you can work on your skills and get your speed up and uh, but you know then you're not actually just you know completely disregarding speed limits and doing anything crazy or unsafe or, you know, but it's a nice little, you know, it's a nice little moment where you can go, oh yeah, I can appreciate uh, what this motorcycle engine can do.
4: And somebody explained it to me this way one day, they said, you know, your motorcycle can do a lot more things than you can do. Right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, it should be your goal to uh, to match your machine and to be as skilled as it is. Yeah.
4: Um. What else is happening? Um. I had a Garmin breakdown.
0: Uh oh. You guys have Garmin's? We have. We probably have Garmin's. We we have a bunch of. Different um, GPS devices. <laughs> I don't pay a whole lot of attention to them, including phones, though. You know, uh, but yes, we do have some off brands. We do have some Garmin's. I don't even know what else. <laughs>
4: so, <laughs> so,
0: so what happened to your Garmin?
4: So I have. I uh, Connie has a Zumo Six Sixty, and I have a Zumo XT. So I was, uh, you know, with, with with both devices, Garmin wants you to take map updates about three times a year. Sure. So that's three times a year that your GPS could become a brick. Uh, <laughs> right. In the case of which happened to me, I was taking a, mu- a map update and uh, it said it was going to be an hour or so. and. It got up to 95% or this, thereabouts, and then it just sort of didn't do anything for the next hour. So I disconnected it, rebooted the, the Garmin Express, and reconnected the GPS. And I got a message back on the GPS saying that my maps were locked, and I wasn't going to be able to do anything with it. Uh-oh. Uh, so then I, I I brought the screen up and I looked at it and you, there was you couldn't route with it you couldn't see the detail in the maps and uh, on the XT it has three different map sets in it actually it has about seven but I think five of them come through one particular map set sure um and so I I took each map set out. And then I reloaded them. It still didn't work. Uh-oh. And I, I just poked around, poked around, and poked around. I really couldn't find a solution from anybody online other than to remove your map sets. So the next thing I did was I removed all the map sets, and I just loaded the City Navigator map set on its own. Okay. Sure. And that brought it back to life. Interesting. And then I reloaded the points of interest and the topo.
1: Oh it, sure. Everybody's
4: huh. happy now.
0: Interesting.
4: I thought I had a five hundred dollar brick on my hands because my know. GPS is like yeah. two years
0: old, so I wasn't yeah. going to get it under warranty. Oh man, we've so, had we had one recently. It was an older one where um, it had it needed a new memory card in it, um, and uh, I can you help know, you with that.
4: <laughs> That's the next thing I was going to talk about, but go ahead.
0: Well, no, I was uh, you know that it was old enough that uh, th- that that was the solution for that one.
4: So, um, with the with the Zumo Six Hundred and Sixty that Connie has, which was originally developed in twenty ten, mm-hmm. I think she got hers in twenty fourteen. Um, it has a four gigabyte max internally. Sure. And it has a four gigabyte max on the SD card. Yep. So even if you put like a 16 gigabyte SD card in, it will only read four gigabytes of that.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So sure.
4: So mm-hmm. uh, the latest map set. For for uh, City Navigator North America is seven point seven four gigabytes sure. big, and so sure. I went to put the update in. and It said not going to nope. happen. Nope. So I called up Garmin.
0: Yep.
4: And I said, so what? 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 You know what? What could I do here? Sure. I oh well, sir, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> uh, basically, your your GPS has run its course, and I I couldn't accept that as right. an answer. Right, so what I did was I went into Basecamp, and I took well, first thing, I, did, I took all the maps out of the GPS. sure. Yep. and then I loaded the latest version of City Navigator onto the hard drive of the computer and ran yep. it in Basecamp. okay. Then you can go in and you can select the map sets you want to install sure. up in the right. GPS. Sure. Keep it I, I used four. to have to do this all the time with my little 60 CSX. Sure. And, uh, and so that's what I did. I put in, you know, uh, sure. British Columbia, Washington, Oregon. Right. And everything is working fine now. We don't Yay. need the East Coast on there.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a great solution, a good
4: workaround. So uh you know they they might tell you it's it's done but it's not. Right right. <laughs> I'm still using my my 60 CSX that I bought in 2005. Nice. Yeah, we've got <laughs> some old ones too. I had two of them but one of them was in that crash.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm, it didn't gotcha. make it through the crash. Right right. It sort of it sort of limped away like I did. <laughs> it,
0: it didn't it didn't have an opportunity for physical therapy though. Nope. All right, we got a whole
4: bunch of uh, news bites. We'll take a little break, and we'll be right back.
1: Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by I-90 Motorsports,
2: your east side destination for Honda, Yamaha, Triumph, KTM, Suzuki, and Can-Am sales and service. Does your taste for outdoor fun go beyond two wheels? I-90 Motorsports has you covered with a wide range of sleds, watercraft, UTVs, and side-by-sides, too. Check them out online today. At I 90 Motorsports.com.
4: Hey, I'm Don Hutchins. I'm the editor of the Washington State BMW Riders newsletter, The Shaft. I live in Kingston. My favorite ride is the Tahuya Peninsula on my K1600 with my sweetie on the back.
3: This is James Holter from the American Motorcyclist Association, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show.
4: Back on the Soundwriter show, you got Tom Marin, the founder of the publisher in the back of the house, the coder. And uh, we've got Jennifer Poole here, our writer at large.
0: Hey, everybody.
4: And we got a whole bunch of news bites. Tell us about what's going on at the border.
0: Yeah, there was an article in uh, ADB Rider about. Uh, so at the end of September, uh, there's there's word that the uh, that the Canadian border is going to drop requiring the ArriveCan app um, and uh, make that optional, and that they might also um, drop shot requirements and uh, and open up the border. Uh, But that's not official news. There there hasn't been an official announcement on that.
4: I saw this Um, in another place the other day, too.
0: You did? Okay. So, um, and that, you know, there's still TBD on, uh, you know, whether or not there's going to be any changes on requirements for non-U.S. citizens, you know, crossing from Canada into the U.S. But as far as going into Canada, then, uh, you know, starting in October, you may be able to uh, get across the border um, without the requirements and without using that app, and and you know um, I've heard lots of people complain about that app and have it you know not work right or and then there were privacy concerns with it and just you know all kinds of issues arose out of that and so um, it, you know it it uh, definitely had its challenges and and so they might be uh, getting away from that for that requirement. We
4: used it to go into Canada this summer
0: and um, you know it, it comes back and gives
4: you barcode. Or uh, mm-hmm. uh,
0: uh, a little QR code.
4: QR code. Yep. They never even asked us for that. They just said, let's see your passport and your COVID uh, papers. Paper yep, and. Yep. Like, okay, here you go. Thanks, thanks for wasting our time. But uh, they they screwed the flights up so bad, we didn't have anything else to do at the airport anyway. There
0: you go. That's the thing. I mean, you know, if it's taking people, you know, they'd have to download the app while they were able, you know, somewhere that they could download it. And and uh, you know, if you were running into a situation where you you just couldn't get the app to work, I'm sure they were just like, yep, (laughs) I'm like, no, we just can't use it, you know. just doesn't work,
4: and then by the time, because I think we were loading it in in uh, BC because we were mm-hmm. flying over to Kelowna, and uh, by the time we both put the app into each phone, you know, and got our right. took a picture of our COVID card and right. put all that Load in, it up. we'd have yep. eaten up all our data plan.
0: Uh, right, that's the other issue for yeah. sure. Yeah.
4: Yep. Yeah, and the privacy thing, that that is uh it was really questionable what was going on with some of that stuff. So
0: Right. And that you know, there there was mention about the you know, the backlogs at the airport and, and kind of some of the other issues that came out of that. Yeah. So that might be going away. And then when I got that screen I said, What did you eat for breakfast this morning? I'm like,
4: What? <laughs> 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 Uh all right so uh we got some uh, free days coming up at the parks.
0: Yeah, Washington State Parks um and uh the DNR lands. So there's a there're free days coming up. Then the f- next one in October is October 10th for World Mental Health Day and then November 11th for Veterans Day and then November 25th for Native American Heritage Day. Uh so if you want to visit one of the parks and you don't have a Discover Pass or a um then you can, you know, have a free day and check out the park.
4: Yeah, and you know that that early in October would be a nice day to maybe like uh go out to some of the DNR lands near Mount St.
0: Helens and Mount sure. Rainier Yeah. And not have to what?
4: worry about having a pass
0: right and for world mental health day you can go take a nice relaxing motorcycle ride and clear your mind so i'm going to i'm going to throw out
4: a teaser here i don't have any specifics on this yet but i got wind that cascade motorcycle safety is going to be offering a pro rider course interesting i can't tell you what that is yet <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's to get you ready to go racing or what it is, but we'll, we'll get some information from Jesse and, I don't know, it's been a while since we've had him on the show. Maybe we'll have him come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. So, um, caught word the other day that Valentine Motor Works, they have this beautiful white R60 slash mm. 6 and they're going to be selling it. What? What's the story on that? I I don't know. Maybe there's no room in the shop. Oh, (laughs) it could be. (laughs) Maybe it's just time. Sure, sure. Ready to see that thing move on. I didn't mind selling my bikes one by one. It was just time. Now I'm just down to two. How many guys have in your garage now? Four?
0: Three. Just three. We're down to three. Yep. I don't like selling them. I don't know, I've,
4: I've sold cars and cried, but I didn't sell, I didn't cry at all when I sold my last couple bikes.
0: Oh, I, I cry when I sell the bikes, I don't care so much about the cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those of you who have been
4: customers of Seattle Cycle Center over the years, or Triumph of Seattle, might remember Sonny Riggs. And uh, we we say goodbye to Sonny, who passed away in September as a result of some sort of cancer. Oh, dear. So just getting the word out on that. Rest Um, in
0: peace.
4: Hopefully, we won't be saying goodbye to Idaho's Hawaii Motorcycle Club. But at this point, the club and the club grounds uh, in particular are in need of money because they have some uh, land remediation that they need to do, and it's supposedly going to cost a lot of
0: money. Yeah, that's related to the erosion issues. Is that what
4: that's about? It's where their tracks are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you want to contribute to their fund, they're one of the oldest motorcycle clubs. I think right now they're actually the oldest motorcycle club in the Pacific Northwest, I think so. Uh, And if you want to contribute to their fund, you can get to the story in in, uh, American Motorcyclist off our Facebook page. We have a post up with a link there.
0: Yeah, it looks like they're running that uh, fundraiser through November 12th. Is
4: that right? I don't have it in front of me, so, okay. so it sounds like yeah. you, you, you've got more information. Than well,
0: there that. was a little write-up in the American Motorcyclist Association uh, magazine as well about it. Ah. Yeah, I guess it's good to put a date on that.
4: And even if you let it slide, at least you you know where you're at by that time. Sure, yeah. So uh, tell us some news about KTM and MV Augusta.
0: Yeah, it sounds like uh, there's a, an agreement. They made an agreement, MV Agusta made an agreement with uh, KTM to distribute in the US, Canada, and Mexico. And that'll include distribution, promotion, and customer service for several years. There's not a timeline on that necessarily. But um, so uh, right now, MV Agusta has roughly you know 40 dealers in north america which is not very many um ktm has over 450 so uh you know that gives them a whole lot more uh channels for distribution and um so they'll be able to uh, get their bikes uh distributed in the u.s and and uh, canada and mexico and so they're looking for uh, that to help their their growth in the coming years so that'll be a big deal
4: I got a feeling know, this know, will be uh optional to KTM dealers. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not that of course not all KTM dealers will, will carry those motorcycles. So um so it won't be a, you know, a, a complete expansion through all the dealerships, but it'll certainly get more MV Agusta bikes uh available
4: for consumers in the US. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with prices. I wonder if they'll drop prices a little bit to kind of yeah. kick it in or
0: yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe not because uh you know if they're um relying on you know there's a little bit of a kind of an exotic sense to you know uh, uh, branding to to those bikes and so I don't know if they'll um maintain that. <laughs> I don't know if they're you know their strategy is is to lower their prices or if if uh, to rely upon the reputation and and the the brand name.
4: But it would be good for people who own the bikes to know they have more options for service. Sure,
0: exactly. Because I, I don't
4: think I'd ever buy one just based on the fact that if I broke down in right. the middle of Oregon, I'd have nowhere to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's always a consideration, and so uh, this will certainly help address that. Yeah. Writer um, Magazine,
4: a couple of articles on the uh, new Can-Am two-wheelers that are coming in 2024. I didn't read any of them yet, but I I saw the pictures. Yeah, bikes look nice.
0: I thought so too. Yeah, I skimmed kind of skimmed past that pretty quickly, but that'll be nice to see more about that. Uh, What else is going on? Ride with us. Tell us about that. Yeah, I stumbled upon a website. It's called RideWithUs.com. It's a resource for new riders, and they've got uh, all kinds of information on how to get your license, how to choose a motorcycle, how to choose gear, how to get insurance. It's a really good um, introductory, uh, to motorcycling. So if you have anybody that thinks they're interested and they want to, uh, learn a little bit more or kind of go to one place to figure out if, uh, you know, what all that entails and, and how to go about it, that's a great resource. Um, and I think they're connected in with the, um, the group that's doing the, um, the, the rider introduction. I we'd mentioned on one of the other, uh, shows about, uh, they were coming to the, overland expo down in oregon and so they were going to be there and you could um you know you just show up they have the gear they have the bikes and and uh, you get a little bit of exposure to motorcycle riding so you can figure out if that's something you want to pursue so they've got their events on there and uh, it's a really great uh, resource for new riders or potential new riders to um see if they're interested and and kind of get a feel for it huh. i'm gonna go out and check it out yeah we'll see what
4: they're up to uh, i got a BN- BDR fundraiser going on. That's going
0: on now, right? Yes, it is going on now. Uh, so the Backcountry Discovery Routes is uh, raffling off a Husky Norton 901, and they've put over $12,000 worth of upgrades on it. So um, if you want to uh, get in on that raffle, you have um, – I, well, I think the winner gets announced in January. So you've got some time uh, to enter that raffle and – um yeah, they'll announce the winner on January 20th. Um, you can go to winnorden901.com and get more info and, and get you some raffle tickets. So that'd be like a $25,000 motorcycle mm-hmm. by the time it's all loaded mm-hmm. up. Get that hmm. all decked out for your, for your BDR adventures. Wow. All right. And uh, last but
4: not least, Indian has a recall going on.
0: Yeah, that's for a certain uh, 2019 to 2022 FTR-1200 models. And so the recall number on that is 120, no, it's I, I-22-04. Um, the NH, NHTSA recall number is 22V-636. If you need to look that up, it uh, has to do with a, uh, a coolant junction, which may leak. Um, and and in addition to getting hot coolant on the rider, it could also get uh, coolant on the uh, rear tire, which obviously would be oh. potentially slippery. So, oh. um, so get that. It, I think there. What do they say? There's about little over six thousand motorcycles uh, that may be affected uh, that were produced between January twelfth, twenty eighteen, and August twelfth of twenty twenty two. So that's the FTR twelve hundred, twelve hundred S, and twelve hundred Rally. Um, So check into that if you've got one of those bikes and see if your bike falls under that recall.
4: Mm, Good to know. Mm -hmm. I have a little dog. I walk. Her name is Scout. (laughs) And uh, it conveniently turned out the other day that we were walking past an Indian Scout. So I photographed (laughs) her in front of the Scout. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to take a little break and then we'll come back with a calendar.
2: Support for SoundRider
1: and The SoundRider Show is made possible by... Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hey, I'm Gordon from West Seattle,
4: and uh, one of my favorite recent rides was the Reuben Run down in Oregon.
3: Hi, this is Mark from Valentine Motorworks and you're listening to the Sound Rider show.
4: On the Soundwriter show. And uh it's Tom and Jen here. And uh we have a little help today from Taylor, who has been magically launching Word and Excel while we're trying to record.
0: If you would, you know, pay more attention to your kitty cat, and <laughs> your kitty cat wouldn't have to work so hard at Excel and Word. <laughs> typing up a memo to tell you how much more attention you need to pay to the kitty cat. Hey, you know in the last segment we were
4: talking about um old garments and how I like to keep them ticking and yes. uh, and how I like to I like to amortize those babies over many years and uh I know that the listeners have heard uh A little jingle here and there that's familiar when you get an update on Windows. And what's happening is that we have an original Surface Pro, which was built in 2010, still running (laughs) 12 years later. And that's how you're coming into the system today. There you go. So uh, I'm really into this stuff where I just like to, you know, these, these things are not cheap. And yeah. uh, I like to get as many years out of them. So basically, that this surface now is probably amortized at about eighty bucks a year. Sure, That's there you okay. go. Yeah, use that thing till it starts smoking. So yeah, so if you have an old GPS, just send it over to Soundwriter, and uh, <laughs> we'll make- take it and make that thing work. That's right. Um, anyways, um, let's
0: talk about the calendar. Yeah, it's still stuff going on, even though the riding season is winding down. There's still plenty to do.
4: Yeah. Uh, On, uh, I guess that's Saturday the 1st, right? Yes. Harley's Hooters and Hops at Emerald City Harley-Davidson. This is some sort of a fundraising event that benefits the Franciscan Breast Cancer Wig Salons. Now, I tried to find out information about this group and I can't find anything online. Uh hmm. but but uh, the the date came to me from a reliable source. So uh and and there's another date that we'll talk about in a minute here. Okay, sure. Um on ten four, tell us about what Kawasaki is going to do. Yeah.
0: If you want to get up at six AM and uh watch their new vehicle launch, they'll be doing that online. They have seven vehicles they're gonna be announcing. Uh, I'm sure they're not all motorcycles. There might be some side by sides or uh but uh but anyway, if you wanna see what uh Kawasaki if you wanna be there at the at, at dawn to um to check out what's new, then uh set your alarm clock. <laughs>
4: And then so uh I assume this will be available on video later, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. P- probably, probably
4: be on both their website and YouTube yes, and that and sort yeah, of thing. I'm
0: Sure they'll have uh, product announcements and things going out. Press releases and all that.
4: In fact, you could get up even an hour earlier and you might be able to catch some of the latest stuff that's coming in from Intermont, which yeah. will start that day. All right. You got what, five days uh Intermont in Germany? Five days, yeah. The fourth yeah. through the ninth. Yeah. So um You know, this is one of the events that we added into the calendar this year because it's nice just to sit home and thumb through this stuff at night. Sure. And see what the highlights are. Right. So uh, getting back to the wigged stuff, uh, there's another ride that benefits the same group. Uh, It's called the Wigged Out Ride, and it will be with Brothers Power Sports on Saturday the 8th. Great. So... I think you should go over there and cut your hair and turn it
0: in. Ha! I probably have. I I think I could do the locks of love thing. I might have enough to make a yeah. wig for somebody if if they don't mind all the gray hairs. You, might,
4: <laughs> you walk out looking like Princess Diana or something. There you, you know? go. <laughs> Get them little... uh, I can't remember the last time I had short hair. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, Sunday the ninth at Pir Motocorsa will have a track day. There you go. It's an interesting day for a track day, isn't it? Sunday. Yeah,
0: yeah. Huh? Huh. That might be the only time they could get in there. And then what
4: uh, else is going on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually you 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 would imagine they'd be racing, but I guess not. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I think racing's kind of over by then, isn't it? Right. Yeah, I think the season's
0: either winding down or has has ended.
4: And usually if somebody's doing a track day, there's multiple different groups doing track days, So there might be some other people doing a track day at the same day there.
0: Yeah, maybe so. Uh,
4: And then uh, October 19th, head on out to the Tri-Cities for Rattlesnake Harley-Davidson Bike Night. It'll be the last ride of the year. All right. So, well, we're, we're running a real short calendar segment because everything kind of stops after that there's not right. a whole lot going on yeah it does mellow out for sure so what we'll do is let we'll take a little break and when we come back we've got a special guest from
2: way up north
1: support for the sound Writer show is provided in part by rock
2: straps tired of bungee cords that fray and break you
1: need to up your
2: game with the number one tie down among writers Rock straps make it easy to get the right fit, no matter how large or small the load you're securing. Order a pair today from the Soundrider store at store.soundrider.com.
5: Hello, my name is Jack. I'm from
4: Marysville. One of my favorite roads to ride on the state of Washington is the Canyon Road that goes from Sela, Washington to Ellensburg. And the best time to ride it is generally after 6 o'clock on a weekday because there's no state
3: patrol. Thanks. Thanks.
1: Hello, this is Bob Owen from the Soundrider Crew. The Northwest is indeed a great place to ride a motorcycle both on the pavement and off. But right now, you're listening to the Soundrider Show.
4: back on the Soundwriter show. I am Tom Barron, the editor, the publisher and the back of the house and I'm here with Jennifer Poole, who is our writer at large and we have a special guest in the studio right now. We have Cody from Pacific Northwest Motorcycles. Go ahead and say hello you know? there.
5: Good to be here. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate you guys having me on.
4: Yeah, I, I met you up at the motorcycle show there. What was that little town? Um, so, Yeah, Linden. And uh, motorcycle show. And uh, you were very dynamic, and I thought, you know, we got to get this guy on the show. He's really good. <laughs> And also, you had recently purchased Pacific Northwest Motorcycles. I thought, well, we've got to help them out a little bit, too. So,
5: Fantastic. That's a true statement there.
4: So here we are. So tell me a little bit about your background. Before you bought the shop, what's your uh, background on motorcycles?
5: Absolutely. So um, like a lot of people uh i actually grew up in southern california but but like a lot of people i I had some dirt biking experience as a young lad and then um you know my father crashed with me on the back and that like ixnade motorcycle riding for me at a young age i was the baby the youngest of the family of three uh, kids and uh which obviously meant i was destined to ride motorcycles the rest of my life since you tell a kid he can't do something um (laughs) but uh my father was in the automobile industry he had car dealerships um I worked for him in the summer times uh, and then when I was free afterwards from 12 years old all the way to my mid-20s. And, you know, it's not what I want to do. Uh, cars are great. Um, I just didn't really enjoy the car side of the house. Um, so I, uh, I get the courage to tell my dad that's not what I want to do. And he's like, oh, I don't care. So uh, I happened to be a reservist in the Marine Corps at the time when I was in college and uh talked to the recruiter and they were hiring pilots so i became a pilot in the marine corps i flew actually uh cobra gunships and uh was planning to do six or eight years and get out and maybe by then i'd be good to take over my dad's place and then some guys decided to fly some airplanes into some buildings and change the course of my life a little bit so 22 years later i retired um i've been riding motorcycles uh frequently since i started college in my early 20s uh daily riders from crotch rockets, you name it, lots of different options out there, but, um, and dirt biking always. But, uh, it it was always in my heart to where everywhere I went in the Marine Corps, I was the motorcycle safety officer. Every place I was went to symposiums for the Marine Corps about that, uh, stayed on top of training for them. Always a big motorcycle guru. Um, when I got out, I was actually even considering becoming a motorcycle officer for the state of California, but, um, I decided to leave the state of California Um, And when I was active duty, I actually looked at multiple dealerships, maybe something small on the side. Um, Ironically, I had a crotch rocket. When my first son came around, I needed to get rid of that for (laughs) obvious reasons. I was too comfortable going fast. And uh, so I got myself, I'm like, let's get a throwaway bike. So I I bought a BMW retired police motorcycle, an 1150 RT. And I've never not owned one since. Um, (laughs) I've always had a special place in my heart. I did transition back in 2011 to the GS, uh, adventure 1200, uh, in 2020, I got a 1250 GS adventure and that's kind of my primary motorcycle. I've, I ride lots of them, but that's my primary. And that being said, that was kind of my driving force behind this. I started looking at BMW locations and a very good friend of mine who I served with was a very big Indian fan. So when my predecessor, Steven put this store up, I flew up. Um, I was actually a regional airline pilot after I, I got out of the Marine Corps so I flew up here, I sat down, I chatted with him for a while. And then because of COVID, I spent a lot of time in hotel rooms, not doing anything. So talked to the family, brought them up one at a time, introduced them to Steven, uh, showed him the store and the area up here in Bellingham in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and everybody loved it. So we decided to move forward with it. And uh, after a long, illustrious career of flying, I am now on two wheels as my uh, primary life here. So uh, we have BMWs here, of course. We have Indian motorcycles, which are two of my favorites. We also have uh, Zero, which are all electric bikes. Uh, my predecessor, Stephen, uh, had the foresight to get into that with, uh, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, a very popular uh, niche group there of motorcycle riders as well. And then we still have Ural motorcycles, which, for everybody's knowledge, are no longer made in Russia. When this time happened, they packed up the entire place because they're not owned by Russians. They moved to Kazakhstan, moved everything down there, and then called the Russian government, told them they were leaving. And 30 minutes later, the old building was surrounded by guards from the Russian military and turned out to be empty. Warehouse. <laughs> so they, they, uh, they planned that one pretty well. Uh, <laughs> smart. So uh, we will continue to carry your now and start seeing new ones again, probably end of November, beginning of December. So quick history lesson on Cody. And uh, of course, my wife, Jennifer, is here and works with me here in the shop as well.
4: Yeah. So you, you purchased the shop in the summer of 21, right?
5: That's accurate. July of 21. We came on board here.
4: Okay. Um, yeah, the whole Euro thing is interesting. Does,
5: uh, do they still have a shop out in Redmond? They did. Uh, they do, excuse me. The headquarters are based there in Redmond. So anytime I have issues or something, I can pick up the phone. They're local guys. They're very easy to work with guys and gals. I should say uh, gal runs most of it. Um, and they are fantastic, and they're they're local right there. They actually put in a bid to bring the manufacturing here to the United States, but the costs were just a little over the top for uh, for the owners to execute that. But they do have a plan in place should that ever happen. But yeah, they're a locally owned company.
4: And how has the parts chain
5: been? So parts was the first thing they did. They took all their dies and part making equipment. That was the very first thing they did. There has been delays. Uh, There have been delays, excuse me, um, but primarily based on shipping from that part of the world, less so uh, from them. They have maintained a good part supply. That was their number one focus. They stopped building number one and maintained a good part supply because, again, the design is originally from the mid-1930s with some modern upgrades. So, you know, there's an expectation that since there's so many commonality in parts, some of these from the 70s and 80s are still getting parts, which are the same. So they want to keep that flow going. So it was important them to maintain that first, followed by the building of the motorcycle second. So the parts have been good. Again, the main delays have been transition of parts via the uh, logistics chains.
4: And uh, what about what about the supply chain on Indian and BMW and Zero? How's up in?
5: Um, it it's been uh, I won't use the word dismal but it, it was bleak in the beginning but we've had some significant gains. Uh, Indian specifically recently has made uh, bounds and strides. I I got up through April I got five motorcycles from when I took over uh, for the wow. floor where well, they were still delivering customer units. But I was getting I got five units. One of them was made in August of 21 and they delivered in April and it was just. Logistics foresight on their part, but uh, you know, we we dealt with those problems. I just got four motorcycles, I'm expecting five more in the next week, and two more after that. So it looks like they finally got a lot of their kinks worked out. They had issues with parts as well, but instead of you know working with manufacturers, giving them these initial parts supply and raw materials, they purchased a lot of those companies and made them their own. And put their business model with it, which, um, as we know, Polaris is a very strong company, who's the parent company of Indian Motorcycles. Um, And they have done a very good job at accelerating um, the pace of motorcycles and accessories. We've had lots of things that we were told, look, don't expect it to be done until December, and they start showing up a couple months early. So. They're using the, uh, the Scotty from star Trek, where, uh, you tell them it'll take two weeks when you think it'll take you two days and you're a, you're a hero. So, um, they are, they're coming forward rapidly. BMW actually gained ground significantly faster on the motorcycle side. I've had a decently steady flow of motorcycles for a small dealership that we are. They've, they've kept pace decently, um, for what we're selling. So, uh, and parts because they have a multi-billion dollar logistics change for automobiles. As long as it's able to be made, we get it. I can get parts from BMW within 24 hours if it's in the U S and 48 from Europe. So they have been stellar. Yeah, That's Um, impressive. Yeah. Uh, zero has been decent zeros down in, uh, California, central California. So, uh, as long as they have stock, it's great. Um, I've ordered motorcycles from them and had it show up in 10 days. So, um, They've been doing decently well. Uh, some of the more popular items are several months behind, but you know this is a company that's really only been in force since 2014, so they're still playing a little bit of catch-up. They're a little closer to uh, our heart as their kind of mom-and-pop run also comparatively to the big uh, big guys we carry, but uh, they're, they're holding their own.
4: You got any thoughts on the uh, Zero Dual Sport adventure bike they're going to introduce?
5: I'll be honest with you. So that is the... Uh, DSRX, and we're really excited. I have two of those coming in. One will be a demo. One will be for sale. Um, the range on that is up to 180 miles city. And that range is what you see in our dual sport motorcycles now, the DS, the DSR, or the FX. When you're off-road, you're getting that city range. So even that little tiny FX dirt bike, which is a dual sport for the road also, you can ride off-road all day because it's a 100-mile range. You know, you're talking hours and hours. Yeah. So, jumping that up to 180 miles. Yeah. Throw a whole bunch of weight on there. Even you drop to 160, you're looking at a regular tank of gas for a regular motorcycle. Now, are you going to have to plan a stop somewhere? Absolutely. But I think it's leaps and bounds towards where they need to be and where they need to be for the Pacific Northwest and the consumer up here on the dual sport motorcycles, guys who want to be able to ride, you know, go to the next County, go to Anacortes for the day and come back that, you know, this motorcycle can do that. And You can run out to Sumas Mountain, make a run up to the top, hang out, do some off-roading, and still come home on a single charge. That is getting them where they need to be. Is it perfect? No. Is it much better? Absolutely. Exponentially better. And I think they're really headed in the right direction. And and, And it's an all-American company. What's the charge time on that? You know the new one? I haven't looked at those numbers yet, but I can tell you um, they're – there's one thing which is obviously controversial, and everybody who does it, they have some pay to play features now that you can mm-hmm. unlock. Um, but one of those is a rapid charging a- adaptation, which remaps how the charging's done. This is technology they thought was gonna be out in the spring, but they just couldn't perfect it till this fall. They did retroactively add it to bikes all the way uh, as early as 2018. You can get a lot of these things, but um, that pay to play feature, again, um, you can pick and choose what you want, um, just like Tesla does, but it's already in there. You can unlock it and reduce that charging time. I've been told up to half. So I can tell you on the bigger bikes, if you fully upgrade the charging system, the best as it can go hardware and software, you can recharge that bike in an hour, oh, which nice. is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a lunch break. Correct. And 20 minutes to get to 85%. So wow. it's very feasible now. Um, There are bloggers out there on the zero side of the house who do cross country rides or, you know, hit border to border, North to South, Mexico to Canada, and vice versa. And they're, you know, they're doing the iron butt thing and they're just planning their charging stations. So um, they're getting there. They're getting there.
4: What is uh, BMW's plan on electric bikes?
5: So I just went to Germany this, uh, this summer, Uh, got a lot of insight. So by 2035, BMW is saying that they plan to have 50 percent of their line and I'm going to use this word available in electric they didn't say it would go 100 percent electric they did use the words available in electric so um, they do have electric models that they are trying to emulate that boxer engine look um, obviously for the heritage crowd who hold true to that you know that airhead look um, but they're they're striving to have 50 percent by 2035 they don't want to rush into it they are looking what others are doing. Um, they have a CEO for a scooter. We do not have that here. Um, they do down in Seattle because you require um, dangerous high voltage electrician additions and training. It's a huge investment. And um, honestly, the Zeros outperform them right now. You know, this is their sure. first foray into it. Yeah, um, It's great for Seattle, for people who are going to make these little jaunts. But my little FX dirt bike here outperforms it in every manner of the word from distance to speed, to charging times. So for us, it didn't make sense to go down that route just yet. In the coming years, when they go that route, uh, uh, we'll jump on board and bring it on. Although we have personally, a lot of us, not only me, but I've been a big preponderance of this proponent, excuse me, is, um, uh, hybrid. So Kawasaki, if you might've heard, is looking to put a hybrid out in a couple of years as early as early as 2025. I think that is more palatable um, coming up to where we're at when people on motorcycles want to do long distance or not. It gives them the opportunity. So we've pushed that concern forward. I can tell you that when I worked uh, in Afghanistan as a Marine with special operators out there and doing planning with them, they had hybrid motorcycles back then. So the technology exists. Um, They had a diesel
4: Kawasaki back then.
5: I actually, back when I was a young enlisted individual and, in uh, well, we consider ourselves special forces, but we're the Marine Corps. It's kind of like the short bus of special forces back then. But, um, we had those and they were interesting to ride in the sand, but they went <laughs> forever, which was really neat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that dual sport, um, if you throw that into, I have electric and I have uh, gas, that's a game changer because I can tell you our zero motorcycles right now off-road that constant power band—you're not worried about DCT and a gas motor. This is a pure constant control of your throttle all the way up for hill climbing and descents. Oh, it's it's incredible! Is there the control? You is fabulous. Is there
4: some sort of uh, comparable system to compression that is built into these yet, or is that not so, happening?
5: Uh, if they have recharge systems on the zero side of the house, so if you're coming downhill. You can set how much tension you want in regen, and that acts just like um, engine braking, which is great. Because nice. now I have engine braking control coming down. My wheels are still moving. I'm not sliding yep. down the dirt like I would in a dirt bike unless I want to. You know, you saw your front and rear brake like you're used to, um, but it's regening, so it controls your descent come down. And why it does it? It's giving you more juice, which is nice. fantastic.
4: Oh, cool. Because that's one of the things that I've sort of been – hesitant about is is you know the way that i ride i don't use much braking i use a lot of compression and yes uh, and that, if i'm gonna go to electric, the electric I want motorcycle
5: it. side they all will uh, on the, at least on the zero side they'll all regen when you do that and you know what tom all of our zeros are demo that's their model so get your butt up here and jump on one and we can talk about it because they are a hoot man
4: <laughs> yeah i haven't had, i haven't ridden electric bike since uh that company down in uh oregon was that ended up getting sold to polaris Forget their name now
5: i don't i know the company you're talking about just because of the polaris side of the house here they're uh polaris has been talking about it as well um i don't know if you're familiar but zero did a partnership with them uh for a side-by-side um and they provided the batteries and the charging system and all that so that's a production model using zero batteries Oh so in my new dealer meeting, I actually told them, look, you guys could today in an FTR, that chassis is set up where you could throw that zero battery in there today. And it wouldn't take much modification to throw it in a scout. So um, they're looking into those, um, but it's, they're very hush-hush on how they're going forward. So uh, they won't let us know, but they did take that on board. That was the president of the company I was talking to. And they they took notes. When I say president of the company, I don't mean a Polaris. I mean of the subsidiary of Indian specifically for Polaris.
4: So if they come with, with an electric two-wheeler, do you see yourself picking up a, a Polaris line at that point?
5: You know, uh, it, it, I, if it's Indian, I think we would. Um, I would need to look into expansion property-wise. We're kind of tapped out for space here. You know, we have 4,000 square feet approximately for our bikes, And now that the supply chain issue is getting dealt with, um, I'm mom and pop, but I did grow up in the industry. So I like having a lot of options. I've significantly increased the amount of motorcycles that are on the floor here exponentially, really, whether I reach out to consign to people, whether I buy them at auction or I get new ones from the manufacturer, I've made a huge change. So bringing on a new brand is difficult. I actually do just so everybody knows um, I'm in the process of negotiations with beta motorcycles to bring them on this winter so I will have a, a straight dirt bike line um, coming up next year. Um, they actually approached us and because they don't require for floor space specifically yep. dedicated to them this, at this juncture, we went ahead and did that. But as we look to the future, I would hope to expand. But obviously with the way the, the markets are right now, it's probably a couple of years down the road before we expanded to somewhere else as well.
4: Unless one of your neighbors next door goes out and then you can just break a wall down and move in. There
5: you go. Right. Well, I, I hope John Barron doesn't. I like him a lot and he's been very good to us here. So hopefully he doesn't. <laughs> but uh, if he does, I'm not saying I wouldn't take advantage of that. Yeah. There you go. Build up. Go upwards. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
4: Tell me about uh, used bikes at your store.
5: Absolutely. So um, obviously we take trade-ins just for everybody's edification. This is pretty common across uh, the industry is the banks will not take a unit that's less than 10 years old and it's really nine and change so coming up to 2023 it's gonna to have to be a 2014 um or newer to take in trade now there are options we can go through auctions houses and get prices but they tend to uh to lack of a better term low ball even more than a bank would you know they want us to make money yada yada but they still have to resell it um so trade-ins but we do do that of course and the bonus of that is You don't pay tax on the amount that you get for that bike on the new purchase you're making, whether it's a used bike or a new one. Um, But we also do consignment here. I have lots of consignment vehicles. If somebody wants to consign a scooter, we just do a $750 flat fee, whether it's a giant 300cc or a 50cc. And for motorcycles, it's a $900 flat fee. Um, And I have lots of consignment vehicles out here. Um, How many used and
4: consignments do you have on stock right now?
5: Right now, I would actually say probably about 12. Okay. Um, and I have another individual coming in uh, shortly, I believe, later this afternoon to discuss that. Um, another one. And it's, it's a nice option for people. They get more money out of it that way. It's insured Why it's here. People can test ride it. We are one of the few uh, stores where you can come and test ride our vehicles here. We let you do that. We're insured for that. Um, and people are insured why their motorcycle or scooter is with us. And people are test riding it while it's it's staying here. So we do want to make sure that the oil change has been done in the last year, brakes flushed in the last two, and any safety issues are dealt with. But that's price that can come out of that motorcycle should we sell it for you, and we can hold that price until that time as well. So, yeah, um, yeah but we do uh, quite uh, a decent business. And does it make a lot of business for me uh, money-wise? No, it doesn't. But I'm a long ball hitter when it comes to business. I'm looking to make customers for life, not customers for the minute. And this way I make two. You know, I have somebody who wants a bike in the future after I sell a bike for them and take care of them, they're going to come back and they're going to spread the word. And the person who I sold the bike to, odds are they're going to bring it back to us for maintenance because we're very low pressure here. I'm not shoving contracts down your throat going, hey, you need this, you need this, take this, oh, finance, oh, by the way, and you're now you're three grand more than you thought you were when you're going out the door. People can come in and get an outdoor price from me. Um, generally speaking, it'll probably be 98% accurate, predicated on where you live and where it's going to be registered.
4: So your shop is up in Ferndale on the way yes, up, up uh, I-5 towards Canada. You're a couple of exits before Canada.
5: Correct. If you're heading north, we're exit 240, uh, well, or south, really. Um, and you got to hit the roundabout and on the east side of the freeway. And then um, once you do that, you come north and you just follow that road. You'll see uh, barren Heating and Cooling and us. We're in that same building there. We're at 5100 Pacific Highway, and we're on the end. Uh, and we have a very nice showroom on the Indian and BMW side. We always have complimentary coffee, tea over here for people. Sometimes we have donuts and stuff like that as well. So, um, And, of course, we started writers groups. Um, we have an Indian writers group that meets on the second Saturday. We are just beginning a Ural Rider group that will, uh, in the very near future, which will start on the third Saturday. And the fourth one is my BMW Riders group meeting, which, uh, and those all meet 10 to noon.
4: Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for coming on with us today. Jen, did you have any questions before we leave?
0: Just real quick, do you are you hosting other types of events? It looked like I thought I uh, saw on your Facebook page. We have. We, like, again, yeah. we
5: just did the... Obviously, we're at the Oyster Run um, right across from Sound Harley. We have 80 feet there. We will be there every year, just so people know. Next year, Indians told me they're going to bring the truck, so we'll have the giant Indian truck there next year. And um, we tend to do – we put it on our website, but we also have on our Facebook page and Instagram. We also like to do not only cookouts, but we throw a a shindig where we have people – do swap meet. So you can bring your own gear here and sell it out front and people can get rid of stuff, get new stuff. Um, We tend to do that in the winter. It's probably only once every three months, but we do it every month, uh, the end of spring till the end of summer. Um, But we'll continue to have little cookouts here, probably uh, starting the third week in October again. And we'll just have cookouts on a Saturday, usually in conjunction with one of our writing meetings. And do that. So Is is this
4: where we just look on your Facebook page or do you post this on your website? Do you have an email news? It will be on our
5: Facebook page. We are constrained by corporate image on some of the things we can put on our webpage. So if you go to events, there's a small calendar. It does take some major muscle movements to get stuff on there. We're working on getting a new <laughs> vendor to fix that for us, but um it'll be there as well.
4: Okay. All right. Well, once again, thank you for coming on the show. Everybody should uh, jump on their bikes and head to Ferndale and check out the store. It is a really nice location up there.
5: Yeah, and thanks for your service. Oh, thank you. Tom, Jennifer, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate the interview, and uh, best to both of you as well. Thank you so much.
4: We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, uh, we got some tips and tricks.
1: Support for The Soundwriter Show is provided in part by
2: Cycle Barn of Smoky Point. Your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM. Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, the Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at CycleBarn.com.
0: Hi, this is Tracy Jeffries, and I'm one of the dirty girls. And one of the places that I love to go get dirty at is over in the Leavenworth Plain area.
4: Good morning, this is Wayne Elston from South Sound Motorcycles and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Soundwriter Show, and a special thanks again to Cody Dixon for coming in and doing the interview with us today. And uh, we don't want to leave you without a couple of tips and tricks. Jen, what do you got?
0: Yeah, this comes out of a uh, an article in the American Motorcyclists Association about uh, they were getting a lot of calls about uh, motorcyclists saying that their insurance company wouldn't honor claims of theft. And part of that was coming out of, um, you know, they were putting requirements on the kind of documentation. And uh, so what the AMA is recommending. So here's a tip for everybody call your insurance agent and ask them what documents are needed to file a theft claim and get it in writing. Um, and And then if you run into any issues or anything, uh, follow up with um, the AMA, their government relations department, but they're getting in touch with attorney generals in, in every state to make sure that uh, insurance companies aren't selling coverage that won't be honored or that have requirements that aren't apparent or that if they make changes to policies that those are clear and i think part of that comes out of uh, potentially comes out of all of the the increase in motorcycle thefts so uh, check your policy, talk to your agent, and make sure that you understand um, that, you know, you have the coverage that you want, need, expect, and are paying for, and, and that you know what what would be required in the unfortunate event of uh, having to file a claim. Yeah, that's not good. I haven't ever had one stolen. I have not
4: either. I'll keep mine locked up. Yes. <laughs> but then again, you can <laughs> lock them up all you want. You know, those right. those little rotating tools that they use to take uh, catalytic converters off people's cars. So those can go right through a cable or sure. a, a total iron U-lock or whatever. Yeah. So yep. nothing is safe. Right. Well, after the, uh, the, uh, pandemic sort of wound down, our business never really went back up. And uh, I I had to do a little bit of gig work in order to make ends meet. Sure. And I became a task rabbit. Yeah. And it got me (laughs) thinking, and I know I've talked about this before, but I'm really into it right now. And that is, and this is a great time of year to do this, is to get the toolkit out, go through it and upgrade all the crappy parts of it any sandcast tools sure cheap tire irons get yourself some good ones uh and i've just i've been going through and updating all my bits all my screwdriver bits cuz i oh You sure. have to drive so many screws with what i do now yeah and i just find myself blowing through like dewalt screws or subpar subpart um Subpar screw bits, mm-hmm. uh, and so I. For me, I'm I'm almost all Milwaukee now because
0: the oh, sure. quality is yeah. so
4: much better.
0: Yeah, I mean the other thing too with that is you know all of your glues and your sealants and all of that kind of you know, that kind of stuff is just to make sure it didn't get hard or or um, you know separate or any of that stuff. Yeah,
4: if you opened up a tube of Goop a while yep. back and you didn't yeah. close it properly, it may right. be all dry inside. Yeah. Check all that stuff. I love that goop stuff. <laughs> if you if you used any wood epoxy on your motorcycle, make sure you put the can upside down. Uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you got all the right lag bolts to put your bike back together again. No, just, sure.
0: just kidding. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, uh
4: Yeah. It's yeah, it's a so- uh, it's a little fall project for you. Sure. If you, if, you yeah. You know, I've had plenty of toolkits for, especially the ones that come right from the manufacturer. They're usually sure. really cheap stuff. Right. Right. Things like uh, spark plug removers and that sort of thing—all sandcast junk. Sure. So. Anyhow, that's that's my tip, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our October show. We'll be back in November. And uh, until then, we want you all to ride safe, ride well, and ride as often as you can. Happy Halloween.
3: The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patients of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner, but please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of mixed media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.